your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. Ben is reporting the Steelers will entertain trade offers for Le'Veon Bell. The New York Daily News is reporting that the New York Jets have already inquired to the Steelers. Uh, since Bell would have to first sign his franchise tender, I assume that means the Steelers told his agent to see who's interested, and then Bell would have to sign the tender before he got traded. And according to Dale Lawley of DK... Only nine teams have the cap space, and they're not going to get much. Maybe a third-round pick at best, which is what you get for compensation when Bell leaves via free agency. So like I said moments ago, why would you take anything less? You're just not going to get much for a rental. It's not baseball. It's football. The injury factor, the system factor, it's just not easy to make a deal like this. Uh, and that's what Bell would be, a rental, because he can't sign a long-term deal right now. Uh, even with the team that trades for him. The time to trade Bell would have been in the offseason, but the Steelers never anticipated this. They miscalculated badly, and now it's a difficult situation. And I feel Bell not showing, and this prolonging rattled the Steelers' organization. It changed what they wanted to do, and dramatically. How could it not? Fairies wear boots and you gotta believe me. All we talk about is friggin' Levy on Bell, yeah. Fairies wear boots brought to you by 84 Lumber, showing you the right way to build since 1956. Would you want Bell at this point? I'm not even sure how much the Steelers want Bell at this point. I think if the Steelers could, they would just say to him, look, you stay home all year and then we'll let you go. Stay home all year and then we'll cut you. You don't get no money. You can smoke pot, get fat with the money you got, which is considerable, and then we let you go. And Bell does look fat. He looks fat in the jet ski video. He looks fat in his new rap video, which I watched with the sound turned down. It seems like Bell never intended to play it all this season. Maybe it pays off. Maybe he plays one more season at the end of his career instead of right now. And maybe Bell's plan from the get-go was way different than we ever thought it was. Lev Bell, see if you can wrap your mind around this because I'm having trouble. Le'Veon Bell wants to be the highest paid running back in football but not have to actually carry the football. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, Jordan Schultz of ESPN tweets, in light of the news that Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season... 
the 49ers are bringing in quarterback Tom Savage for a workout. Savage, the former Pitt quarterback. Why not just bring in uh, Narduzzi to coach? F-F-S. 412-333-9939. We've taken no call so far, but we will now. If you'd like to chime in on how tonight's Stiller game is going to go, fire away. You want to talk about Tiger Woods winning the whatever it was invitational? Fire away. You want to talk about the Pirates having the lowest attendance in PNC Park history on the season? Fire away. You want to fire away like Michael Feliz on that wild pitch yesterday? Be prepared for all three base runners to score. I've never seen that. Never even thought that could happen. A wild pitch so wild that all three base runners scored. Even Clint Hurdle had to laugh a little bit, suppressed a chuckle after the game because he's like, wow. Three runs on one wild pitch? Wow. A lot of people picking the Steelers to win. Marcellus Wiley used to play, now like every other person who used to play is in the media. He picks the Steelers to win. Andy Benoit, our buddy from the Monday morning quarterback, he picks the Steelers to win. Let's go to Patience and Green Tree. Patience, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I just uh, just wanted to ask you, in the past two games, uh, Dupree's uh, digressed. Uh, why why can't uh, the Steelers put in uh, Matthew Thomas? Who uh, First off, produced- Dupree hasn't uh, digressed or regressed or whatever the proper word is. He just sucks. Okay, he's right. never been any good. He's just played the right. same old flat line, get nothing done, Bud Dupree game. He plays 95% of the time. Right. As for Matt Thomas, you know, he's an undrafted linebacker. Isn't he a, Isn't he an inside backer anyway? Actually, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, then, then, then that's why. But but they, okay. they just look at a undrafted guy, no matter how good he looked in camp, and he ain't going to play. And everybody wants him to, but he ain't going to play. Let's go to Tom on the Parkway. Tom, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up? Hey, I was just curious. Uh, with Lev Bell kind of screwing the Steelers out of his season, do you see Oh, wait, now hold it back up. He didn't screw the Steelers at all. He was under no obligation to come in. And if he told them that he was going to, then shame on them for believing him without a contract. Correct. Do you see the Steelers trying to one-up him next season if he doesn't come in and signing him to a franchise tag to get him another year out of his prime? Do you really think they want to go through this again? That was my question. That's all. And if you sign him to a franchise tag, what happens if he shows up? How do you deal with him then? They clearly don't want to deal with him anymore. They're trying to trade him, for God's sake. Good point. I can't believe any team would want to trade for Lev Bell after the way he's handled this. He has just mangled it. And, and the, the sad part is he'll still get what he wants. At the end of all this, he'll still get what he wants. He's fat, and he's rapping and riding jet skis. And if you noticed, every time the Steelers lose, he puts something on social media that makes you kind of think that he's sticking it up their ass. I was right all along. The Toxic Twins, Bell and Braun. You don't win with them. The Toxic Twins. May not have been right about Tiger Woods never winning another tournament, which I didn't say. I said he probably won't win 
another tournament, and he'll never win another major. That's what I said. That's what I also tweeted. And you know what? People are moving the goalposts now. Tiger himself said that the only way he could be considered the best golfer ever was to win more majors than Nicholas. And right now he trails 18 to 14. Well, yesterday was his 80th career PGA Tour win. Sam Snead has 82. He's the all-time leader. And now people are saying, well, if he has the most wins, he has the most wins. Must be the greatest. But you never thought that before. And Tiger never thought that ever. Don't move the goalposts. And people are rejoicing about, I haven't seen the ratings, the monster golf ratings I'm sure yesterday got. But it still prevents golf from creating new stars. And the same thing will happen when Tiger quits or gets injured again. It'll flatline. 412-333-9939. Like I said, a lot of different uh, picks by all the analysts for this game tonight. Uh, Sports Illustrated pits Pittsburgh to win. CBS Sports picks Tampa Bay to win. I can't draw a beat on this game, but my official prediction is take the Steelers plus one. However, if the Steelers take 12 penalties again, they will probably lose. There are any number of disturbing statistics to cite when you talk about the Steelers so far. Like, 17 missed tackles against Kansas City, only one pass defended against Kansas City, scoring 37 points and making no turnovers against Kansas City, and still losing. That's only happened twice since 1940. But another disturbing number is the Steelers have committed 24 penalties for 206 yards, and that's the most penalty yards in the league uh, after week two. You just don't win when you sabotage yourself like that. And how could you not agree with me when I say there is no sign whatsoever of that sloppiness abating. I'd also like to hear comments on the Earl Thomas thing. I find that fascinating. That he just told the Seahawks, hey, I'm not going to practice. Didn't practice twice last week, and they played him anyway. Like I said, Antonio Brown's running the team here in Pittsburgh. Earl Thomas is running the team in Seattle. And Earl Thomas isn't in the same shoes as Bell. He's got a contract. But it must not be ironclad. We've got Dale Lally at the bottom of the hour, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, huge fan. Love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. The X at 105.9. If trading Bell to the Jets is a legitimate possibility, that's the team you want to trade him to. I'm not sure if the Steelers are a threat to win this year, given their start. But the Jets aren't. I don't know why the Jets would want him for that reason. Uh, There's no guarantee he would sign a long-term deal after this year's up. I've never seen somebody so determined to get to free agency as Le'Veon Bell. So I don't know why the Jets would want to trade for him. I don't know why any team would want to trade for him unless they felt that this year he could be the missing ingredient uh, in their championship recipe, as in winning the whole thing. Other than that, I don't see where he's of much use to anybody. I got to say, though, I just don't think the guy's ready to play football. The rap video, the jet ski video, he looks fat. He looks jolly. Uh, 
The Cleveland Browns today named Baker Mayfield as the starter for week four against Oakland. I think that's a fairly obvious decision dragged out for no good reason after Mayfield played so well entering after Tyrod Taylor got hurt in Cleveland's win uh, against the Jets this past Thursday. Uh, Cleveland should beat Oakland. I think Cleveland's better than Oakland. Cleveland's 1-1-1, Oakland's 0-3, and it just warms the cockles. The cockles, I say, of my heart to see Oakland 0-3 with John Gruden coaching because it was so obvious from the get that was a bad move by Oakland to hire Chucky to coach. The guy ain't coached in the league since 2008. I don't care how good a coach he was then. I don't care how closely he followed the game in his uh, job as an ESPN football analyst. It's not the same. He ain't coached in 10 years. It's not the same. You're coming back to a different league. You're coming back to a different sport. And he signed a 10-year, $100 million bill uh, deal. That's just insane on the part of the Oakland Raiders. It's not like Barry Melrose, who was a very good coach in the NHL, went to ESPN, worked as an analyst, did great there too. Then he came back and tried to coach Tampa 14 years later, and he lasted like, what, six weeks? Came back to a different league and a different game. You can't be out that long and come back to coach. Melrose proved it, and Gruden is in the process of proving it. Let's go to Tom in the car. Tom, you're on the Mark Madden Show. That's Tom. Let's go to Greg. Greg in Washington. Greg, you're on with Double M. I said good day, Mr. Madden. I said good day. Hey, real big fan of yours, but I want to get your opinion. What's worse, Pitt's defense or the Pirates' batting lineup? You see, I think the Pirates actually showed they had some potential down the stretch here, that they, they're putting together a decent nucleus, which I don't believe for one moment, Greg, that they will build on uh, in any meaningful fashion through free agency or trades this coming off season. But uh, I hate pit football. I think they're coached by a blowhard. They're, they've not got any better under Pat Narduzzi's reign. I mean, you, you tell me, Greg, and I challenge any pit fan out there, Tell me how they've gotten anything but worse under Pat Narduzzi. And when you tell me how they've gotten better, be very specific and, and, and give me actual facts because he's 0-4 against North Carolina. He's barely over 500. He got killed 51-6 by Penn State. His teams consistently play worse in the third and fourth quarters, and he appears to make zero adjustments at halftime. He's all hat and no cattle. All bluster, no coaching. Pitt never should have got rid of Wanstead. Every right. coach they've had since then has a worse record than Wanstead. Absolutely on the point. And Mark Duty's always raising uh, checks that he can't cash. He blames his kids, and then he's, oh, I love my team. He well, said they right. were going to be in the ACC championship game, and then in the second week of the conference season, they lost to North Carolina, a team that was picked to finish below them. Hey, maybe he meant to have managers in a flag football tournament. Here, here's the thing about Narduzzi, too. He's not only a bad coach and a blowhard. To know him is to hate him. He's a bad person. Thank you for the call. And to know me is to love me. Let's go to Mike and Latrobe. Mike, you're on with Double M. Double M, huge fan. Just wanted your thoughts on Matt Patricia. Uh, the former defensive coordinator at New England beating the Patriots yesterday. You know, I watched uh, most 
of that game, uh, most of the first half and, and the whole third quarter. And I don't think Matt Patricia and his, I guess, inside knowledge, some would say, of the Patriots system had anything to do with that game. I thought the Patriots just sucked. I thought Brady just sucked. I've been saying for years, and this is an empty prediction because it has to be right sooner or later, but I've been saying for years that the Patriots will hit a wall one year where they're just not any good anymore, where Brady just isn't any good anymore. And I'm not saying this is the year, but I see some small signs of it. How about you? I think uh, you got to play a very depleted New England team. They showed some clips of them doubling Gronkowski at the line of scrimmage and stopping him, and he still ended up... Well, yeah, they doubled on Gronk all night. I will say that, but I don't think you have to have inside knowledge of the Patriots scheme to know it's a good idea to double on Gronk. They need uh, Edelman back. Edelman is is hurt still, and they need him back. I agree. I think they played them at the right time. Yeah, but but when they get Edelman back, will that be a cure-all? Not a cure-all, but uh, it'll definitely give them more than one weapon to throw to. Well, you know the one advantage the Patriots have is that is that division is awful. Definitely. So they could win with a nine and seven record. I'm not even so sure that that won't happen. In the AFC North, that somebody won't that win that division with a nine and seven record. The gravitational pull of the National Football League is for every team to finish 500. And one of these right. years, every team will. And boy, I can't wait till they apply the tiebreakers that year. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. In just a few months, we got Dale Wally from DK. He's down in Tampa. You know, honestly, I understand any Steelers pessimism. How can you not at this point? But let's not forget, Tampa was supposed to suck, and maybe they still will. They got no running game. Their defense is allowing thirty points per game. They got no pass rush, and their defensive backs might honestly be worse than the Steelers. And I say that knowing the Steelers are likely to start Cody Sensabaugh tonight. Their DBs might honestly be worse than the Steelers. Yikes. Well, we got Lolly up next. And it is one great day of talk. Where are all the Tiger Woods fans? Your guy won. The Caliban Asian. The guy who denies the black race. You should be happy. Unless you're black. Because he denies you. Unless you wear Nike. And then I suppose there's some kind of compromise. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yes. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. The last thing we need is a lot of loose talk. Hmm? Hmm? I like it. I like it. The X at 105.9. Joining us now live from Tampa. Home of the now defunct Tango Lounge, which I regret deeply. From DKPittsburghSports.com. He is Dale Lawley. Dale, I understand it's raining in Tampa. Uh, how bad and for how long so far? Uh, just on and off, Mark. And uh, they have many other uh, establishments uh, like the one you just mentioned. So others have filled the void. Well, no not, pun intended. Uh, pun definitely <laughs> intended. Uh, hey, how's that O-line going to be without Gilbert and DeCastro? It's going to be Finney and Filer, right? Filer at right tackle. How dramatically does that change things? Well, they're a lot less athletic, Mark, for sure, but they do have, um, I think, in terms of pure drive blocking ability, uh, I think it you know might be a bit of an upgrade. I mean, if you think about DeCastro's, his his main thing is his, is his athleticism. Um, Finney's not going to match that for sure, but in terms of just you know lining up and driving somebody off the football, Finney might be the better player. 
The same thing with with uh, Filer to a certain degree. His strength is, is is his run blocking, his power. He's a he's a very powerful young man, uh, but he doesn't have Marcus Gilbert's footwork. So uh, you know, I think the Steelers will will go with a run heavy option tonight. Uh, the and also because you know Tampa Bay's down two defensive tackles, including a starter. So. They only have four on their roster, so unless they make a move today at some point to, to activate a tackle, they're going to play this game with two defensive tackles, and they play a 4-3. Well, following up on that, it's a passing league, and the Steelers are a passing team, now more than ever without Bell, but might it behoove the Steelers to run the ball a bit more tonight? Yeah, it certainly would. I mean, if you want to keep uh, Tampa Bay's offense on the sideline, that's a good way to do it. Uh, but, you know, you look at this Tampa Bay defense, and, and it's awfully tempting to throw the football a lot against them. They've, they've allowed 77.4% of uh, pass completions against them. Um, running backs have caught uh, 20 out of 24 passes against them. They, they've given up 10 catches in each game uh, aver- on average to uh, opposing running backs. So there's a lot of different ways that they can incorporate James Conner into this game, but I think James Conner is going to be very much involved. Now, there's a report that the Steelers are shopping Le'Veon Bell. And there's another report that the Jets have talked to the Steelers about acquiring uh, Lev. Uh, what's your take on all that? Because I believe there's some discussions. I just think that's very nearly an impossible trade to consummate. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to do, Mark, because he has to agree to go wherever it is that he's going to go because it, to get him to, to, to actually trade him somewhere, they have to get him to sign the contract. And that's been the kind of the problem the, the whole time here. If he would come in and sign the contract, he would be playing for the Steelers right now. And so uh, the other part of the problem is that, you know, he can't renegotiate any kind of new deal until after the season because he's, even if he goes to a new team, he has to play under the franchise tag rules. And so there's no negotiations until after the season's over. So anything that you would get, I see people, well, they should get a first-round draft pick for him or they should get two first-round draft picks for him. Uh, that's not going to happen. Even if they do trade him, they'll be lucky to get – Maybe a you know a second or third, uh, maybe even a mid round draft pick for him. But that's a draft pick in hand that you would have now, as opposed to waiting until 2020 to to get a third round draft pick for him as a uh, as a, a compensatory pick. Yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd rather wait and just you know keep the circus where it is now because I think they're quite content now with him not being there. I think they were initially shocked and rattled. I think now they'd rather he not show up. What do you think, Dale? Well, I mean, you, you've been around this for a long time, Mark. You know that the Steelers aren't going to cave into a player. Uh, you know, they, they let Mike Merriweather sit out an entire season. Uh, they, you know, they've done this time and time again by not caving into the players, and that's just that's their their mantra. Um, you know, when the people were saying, "Oh, just just cut him," that's exactly what Le'Veon Bell wanted. He would have become an unrestricted free agent. They're not going to do that, and it's and it's actually helping them in the long term. Uh, by now, all the money that they save on Le'Veon Bell this year, they can roll into their salary cap next year, and uh, you know, so it's it's they're, they're under the cap now. They're, it's growing every week by eight hundred fifty-five thousand dollars, and anything that they don't spend, they can roll over. The big story tonight on Tampa's side of the street is Fitzgerald. How do you stop Fitzgerald, or will he eventually stop himself, Dale? Because that's certainly his history. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect at some point Ryan Fitzpatrick will, will become Ryan Fitzpatrick again. That you know, history shows uh, that guys who are one thing for the first 14 years of their career don't suddenly become something else. Now he has great weapons around him to be sure, but he has always been a guy throughout the course of his career that you know his head writes 
uh, checks that his arm can't cash. He'll throw a lot of interceptions. He'll try. He'll try to force some balls. So you know the, the trick for the Steelers is going to be pressure him and force him to get rid of the football uh, before he wants to, and he'll he'll make some mistakes. Whether that happens tonight, who knows? It could happen tonight. It could happen next week, two weeks from now. But he is Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's a reason why nobody's ever made him their full-time starter. We're talking to Dale Lally of DKPittsburghSports.com. He's joining us live from Tampa, side of the Steelers versus Buccaneers game tonight. Uh, I was shocked to hear that Cody Sensabaugh may start ahead of Artie Burns. In fact, uh, Sensabaugh was taking first-team reps this week. What do you make of all that, Dale? They must be very dissatisfied with Burns for that to happen. Yeah, I, I think part of it is, is he's just, for whatever reason, he, he lacks some football sense. Uh, you know, I think he has the athleticism to play the position. I think he has the skill to play the position. Uh, but it, it, it just doesn't always seem to equate to his play. Um, you know, you have to know going into a game in which Kansas City has not targeted uh, Hill in the first half of the game that they're probably going to go after, you know, they want to get him back into the game plan. And first play of the second half, he, you know, he doesn't get a jam on him and allows him to, to go down the sideline. Um, you know, the, the first t- that first touchdown in the game wasn't Artie Burns' responsibility, regardless of what some people might think. He, he peeled off of another player, uh, off of his guy, to get, get into the end zone there to try to defend that. But I think he gave up uh, four passes on four uh, attempts last week for 87 yards and two touchdowns. That's just not good enough. Has the defense been confused, Dale? Is the defensive scheme overcomplicated? And how are the Steelers going to fix that tonight? You heard Hayden talk about it. Well, apparently it has been. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's part of the problem with Artie Burns. He's just not getting, you know, the, the scheme and, and not getting the calls and not understanding and it's not computing fast enough. Um, that seems to be part of the problem, especially when you're playing a team like Kansas City <clears throat> that has a lot of pre-snap movement and they'll move things around and, and you know, spread the put Tony Gonzalez, yeah, Tony Gonzalez, <laughs> to take a, the tight end and, and move him all over the place, and really try to get matchup issues with you, um, and, and that changes your defense with what you know what you're supposed to be doing, and guys just aren't getting that. So maybe they just need to line up and play, and, and I think we're going to see a little bit more of that tonight. What is the single biggest problem with that defense? Uh, one problem, one only, Dale. Whether it's scheme or a certain position or whatever. I, you know, I think it's just an understanding of the scheme. I think I think these guys need to. I think they have the, the players. Um, there are certainly enough players to make more plays than what they do on on a regular basis. Uh, you know, you see it from time to time where they where they have good games and you're like, okay, that should happen all the time, but for whatever reason, it doesn't. Um, I just think sometimes they they get lost in the scheme a little bit. Can the offense do much more for the Steelers? It scored 35 points against Kansas City. It caught up from being down 21-zip. It's hard to ask that offense to do even more, isn't it? Well, they can't start slowly like they did last week, Mark. I mean, they, they can't come out and go three and out and three and out. You saw that dip to, to uh, New England last night. Um, you know, they come out and, and go three and out in their first two possessions, and then they're trailing the whole game. You, they ha- this team has to, they have to possess the football on offense. They have to move it. They can't be punting from deep in their own end zone or deep in their own end uh, consistently uh, and give teams a short field, <laughs> especially not when the special teams is allowing returns to the 10. Uh, that's just not going to work. So, you know, I think the offense has to possess the football. It has to move the football. And hopefully, you know, if you do have to punt, you're punting them back. Jordan Berry, what he specializes at, what his, what he's best at is, is p- 
pinning teams inside the 20. That gives your defense at least a chance because, it, you know, the backs up offense is, is, is going to be a little bit more cautious, presumably. Maybe Fitzpatrick won't be. Well, let's stay with that because how much is special teams hurt and how do you fix that? It's not really something you practice, is it? Well, I mean, they do practice it quite a bit. I mean, they, they spend a couple sessions every day working on the special teams. The problem is that, you know, you're rolling different guys out there, especially early in the season, guys who haven't played with each other very much because they're just, I mean, there's 90 guys in training camp and you just don't get to settle on who your, your core guys are. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be better. They have been, their coverage units have been among the better in the league over the last couple of years. Uh, so that hasn't been a consistent problem for them. But they just, I mean, you know, Matthew Thomas is right there to make a tackle on DeAnthony Thomas in that, on that first uh, punt last week. And some, for some reason lets him catch the ball and run right down the sideline. I mean, that's just a rookie mistake. You can't do those kind of things. How much is bad tackling hurting? How do you fix that? Because, again, Dale, you don't practice tackling much. Well, that's a bigger problem. And, and it has been for, you know, several years now. Uh, and I don't know how you get better at tackling without actually tackling. Um, you can be try to be more fundamentally sound. You can talk about proper techniques, and you can you know how to you know use the sideline to your favor and all those kind of things. Uh, but until you consistently do it, uh, it's going to be a problem. Now, again, Kansas City's offense is going to make a lot of teams do that. I'm surprised actually there weren't more missed tackles in Cleveland in the rain. Uh, you know that would be a game that you would think they would miss more tackles. Guys would be a little more slippery, and, and you know your footing's not quite as great. And they didn't. They didn't have a bad game tackling up there. So, you know, it's just it's going to be a work in progress. And I think that's something that, that they'll continue to work on. I know Mike Tomlin harped on it through the, throughout the entire offseason. That's why Mike Mitchell and guys like that aren't here anymore. So, you know, I think that it's something that, uh, you know, if it doesn't change, I, I don't know how you fix it. Is tonight must win for the Steelers? And, Dale, I know it's early, but 0-2-1 is a deep pull, particularly for a team that, I thought would be three and zero after tonight. Well, I mean, you know, you, if you talk to the players, they'll tell you they're all must win because you only play sixteen of them. And certainly, if, if you drop to zero two and one, um, you know, you're, you're, you've dug yourself a pretty good hole to get out of. Uh, but you do have Baltimore coming in next week to your place on a Sunday night. Uh, you know, if you can't get up and win for that game, uh, then then your season probably is over. But I think this is a game that they certainly like to win. I mean, one one and one sounds a heck, a heck of a lot better than than o two and one. Um, you know, it, it's you know, it's, is it that much different than New England starting one and two? Is it that much different than some of these other teams that have that have kind of struggled out of the gate? The Steelers, you know, over the course of their of Ben Roethlisberger's career, they're twenty one twenty one and one in the month of September with him at quarterback, and they're one fifteen and forty four after that. Um, that's, that's a pretty stark difference, I, I think. And, and, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not putting this all on Ben Roethlisberger, but he has at times had slow starts. There's no doubt about it. And he was responsible for the five of the six turnovers in the first in the opener at Cleveland. What's going to happen with AB tonight, Dale? Uh, that, that media gathering he hosted on Thursday struck me as a cry for help more than anything. And I really don't know what direction he's going in. You mean that forced media? Session. Well, you could tell it was forced, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I expect Antonio Brown to go out and have a very good game today. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Um, I think you can pencil him in right now for 125 yards and a touchdown. Could could be more than that. I just think that uh, this secondary is ripe for the picking. They allow 73% completion percentage 
to their wide, to opposing wide receivers. Think about that. 73% completion percentage to wide receivers. Those are guys down the field. I mean, they just they can't cover. I think Antonio Brown's going to have a huge day. Dale, as always, we appreciate the time. Have fun in Tampa. We'll do it again soon, I hope. All right, sounds good, Mark. We'll see you. That's Dale Wally. Check out his work at DKPittsburghSports.com. I am just fascinated uh, waiting for tonight's game. I'm going to miss an hour of it because I'm going to watch Better Call Saul because I certainly have priorities. You know, yesterday, oh, I want to thank uh, everybody who participated in the annual Penguins Deck Hockey Challenge. Uh, It's a deck hockey tournament I run yearly uh, for the Penguins Foundation. That's the charitable arm of the Penguins run by my longtime friend David Soltes. And uh, we had 28 teams. We had it at the Brookline, Banksville, Cranberry, and Riverview rinks, which the Penguins all built. And it was just a uh, a tremendous time. But I was so tired after having run the tournament that I went home and I slept through the deuce. And worse yet, I got up in time to see ballers. And then I went back to sleep before the deuce rerun started. So I got to catch up on the deuce and watch Better Call Saul tonight. Actually, I, I'm going to watch the Steeler game, but I'll probably watch Better Call Saul afterward. And then tomorrow morning, another adventure. Um, it'll be a week with the new kitten, uh, Clipper. And tomorrow's the first visit of the cleaning lady with the loud, noisy sweeper, which I can tell you for sure, Clipper will not like. So in debate whether to like put her in one room and shut the door while the cleaning lady cleans the rest of the house and then have her do the last room, you know, let her out and let her go in there. I don't know. Let her run from the sweeper. It's good exercise. Maybe she won't be as frisky all night long keeping me awake. 412-333-9939, the number to call. I'm going to talk to Bob McGaughan up next. Let's get your thoughts. Let's Let's start to take more calls. Which way do you think this game goes tonight? Because I can honestly see it going either way. I'm picking the Steelers plus one, which is, you know, in effect, picking them to win. But I can see it going either way. And it's so ironic. The Patriots have started out bad, too. What if they stink and the Steelers can't take advantage? The Patriots, I'll tell you, those Patriots, they're going to hit a wall sooner or later. Maybe it's now. Or maybe they'll regroup and win the whole thing. Who knows? 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's happening, Mark? Loud noises! The <laughs> X at 105.9. Joining me now is Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell first, who has usurped the headlines again from the Steelers. Yeah. They're playing Tampa tonight, but people are talking more about his potential trade now that the Steelers have apparently... Uh, made themselves open to offers for Bell, and the New York Jets have uh, given them a call. Um, Do you think they're going to trade him, or do you think it'll prove too difficult in the end? We've been talking all day about the obstacles, and the bottom line is, unless you get better than a third-round pick, that's what you're going to get when he becomes a free agent anyway. So if you can't get a second, there's no point in trading him. And even if you could get a second, there are certain teams I would never trade him to. Like, I wouldn't trade him to New England. Agree with you 100% there. You can't trade them to anybody that you've got a rivalry with or that you think you're going to be, you end up playing in the playoffs. 
it's going to be so hard to trade him. You know, just from what you talked about with Matt Williamson and then just there with Dale Lawley, Mark, why does it make sense to do it, to put yourself through that? I mean, the two sides seem so against each other right now, it would be near impossible to even get him in to sign that deal to then start working on some kind of trade, which you can't even negotiate long-term. So again, it seems right, like... Right, right, he's a franchise guy this yeah. year or he doesn't play. Yeah, exactly. And if you're only doing all that for a third... What is you know, and it's not even for next year. It's, it's not worth the trouble, right? For 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 what you're going to get down the line anyway. Like I'm not even sure it's worth the trouble for a second, which is admittedly better than the third, but but not you know so much better. I just think the Steelers miscalculated badly. Never thought that he would not be there for Week One, and now honestly, Bob, and and since he didn't show up, they're not sure what to do. There's no precedent. And I think that just as soon he didn't come in at all and they release him at the end of the year. No, you're absolutely right, Mark. I think that they kind of were bamboozled, hoodwinked, you could say. Um, they had no, Run amok! Run amok, right? Run astray! <laughs> I knew you'd pick up on it. But remember, through everything that Lev Bell and his reps had said, they were talking, same as last year, first week after Labor yeah, Day. Yeah, but why would that, you trust them? That's you, still a miscalculation exactly on the Steelers' right. part. You're exactly right. Their big mistake... You effed up. You trusted us, you know, to use some famous words there. But now that they're in this predicament. Make the best of it. Right. Now that they're in this predicament, now that the Steelers are where they're at and where Lev, Lev Bell's relationship is just totally blown up with them, let him sit. Put him in the rearview mirror. Take care of what you have to take care of this season because you got a lot to take care of so far this early in the season. Just put Lev Bell on the back burner and see how but, it works But it really out. does skew their offensive philosophy quite a bit. And uh, James Conner has to come through, and if he does not, if he he's done okay so far, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. go far past okay. He had a good game against Cleveland, but it's only Cleveland. He wasn't used a lot against Kansas City, not in terms of involvement with the ball. The Steelers went through a lot of spread because – they they trailed almost the entirety yeah, catch up. of the game. So uh, I, I just think Bell no-showing rattled them, and they have yet to recover from it. And I think the best thing for the Steelers would be if he were to just stay home all season, not come in at all, not even for those last six games, and they just release him and give him what he wants at the end of the year. And I think that might have been his game plan all along, Bob, to not play this year and, and to just get that year at the end of his career as opposed to right now, which actually he might wind up being able to do. I think it'll be better for him if he doesn't play any games this year as opposed to six or eight. Well, leading up to game one, Mark, I thought, you know, everything was going to be fine. But now that we are where we're at with them and this whole situation, I agree with you 100%. Let him sit out the entire time, just wash your hands of him. But I've also seen some stuff, you know, from people who cover the game, from players you know, that have played in the past, that they think that him sitting out this entire year, Mark, they think that that's doing more damage to his rep and to his chances at getting the deal that he wanted. Yeah, I disagree. I think that's a player talking about business, whereas you got to talk to executives about business. I've not heard one executive say that this will damage his marketing. I I saw a story earlier today that was a a former NFL, NFL GM who said that this situation right now is damaging his worth because... You know, remember, he's had injuries in the past. He's not girly. He is not going to get girly money. He's older. I, I don't know he's, about that. I, I, I hope I hope you're right. Well, look at how everything Because he's adds a dick, up, and, and I want bad things to happen to 
bad people. Right. Well, you know what? Here we are. We're talking about just cutting their, you know, cutting them loose and washing their hands of them. I want the Steelers to be involved with Lev Bell. You know, I was, I was kind of with them till he showed up on the jet ski and showed up in the rap video and showed up overweight. I don't think he has any intention of taking it seriously if he does show up this season. Well, what about what the What the Steelers do if he showed up week eight, week ten, whenever, and he was like 20 pounds overweight? You can't play him, but you got to pay him because he signed the tender. Right, and again, you're still going to have to work him into football shape. He could lose all this weight in a couple of weeks and work out like a madman, and he's still going to show up after week ten or whenever he wants to show up, and he's not going to be in football shape. Plus... He's still going to be protecting himself. He's still going to be how about, how about Earl Thomas? Yeah, investing in. Isn't that unbelievable? It's a great line. But he's signed to a contract and he refuses to practice, and they play him anyway. It, look, you know who's running this place right now, right? Bob, if you hear a sound like an outboard motor, that's Chuck Knoll spinning in his grave. <laughs> My God, uh, what about Sensabaugh uh, tonight? Likely starting ahead of Artie Burns. Sensabaugh is a fourth round pick with a nondescript career. He's been cut so many times, it's a wonder he ain't bled to death. Artie Burns' first-round pick. This does not speak well of Artie Burns and the job the Steelers feel he's done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was almost cut here. Look how many people were surprised that you know he made it back on. Oh, the Cody roster. Sensible, yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing. We're talking a week ago about him replacing Sutton and being worried about that. Now he's replacing a corner. You know, a guy that you had to count on a ton, especially against somebody slinging the ball right now. Like Fitzpatrick. So, huge question mark. That's why I have absolutely no idea which way to go. I know that the line's only one now. I'm leaning after the Dale Lawley segment right there who talked about how bad the Buccaneers' D-backs and secondary is also. I'm leaning towards taking the Steelers plus one. But I have no idea. I have no faith in that pick. No, that is my official prediction, but I have no feel for for this game uh, whatsoever. And finally, Bob, did you see the Flyers' mascot, Gritty? I did. I made I mocked it all morning as best I could, and then we had to get back on with the show. But I will tell you this. It's been universally mocked. Even Flyer fans, the Flyer diehards, are not happy with Gritty, who kind of looks like Gossamer from Looney Tunes. He looks more like Scott Hartnell. Scott Hartnell, or remember Giroux. When Giroux doesn't shave and he gets that nasty kind of red beard type thing, uh, kind of like a mating between those two. Either way, it's well, nasty. You just don't name your mascot something that rhymes with <laughs> right. what the Flyers have been for, for quite some time. Right, when you don't make the playoffs. As you don't I make said it earlier, his name's not Winnie or Cuppy <laughs> or Skatesy or Skillsy. It's Gritty. Right. And that's not proven to be enough uh, for the orange and black We well, couldn't go with Bully. You know, the PC crew would never go with Bully. Actually, Bully's what they should have named him. They should have, but they never could have done it. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I, my I God, think, no way. No, no, I think when you point at the history of Broad Street Bullies, I think that would have given you license. Well, you would have just been opening up for every single shot. But you they've know? never cared before. Ah, good point. The way they market their team, you know, like, they're... Touche. Their slogan one year was vengeance. <laughs> vengeance for what? I mean, you're the guys who suck. Don't blame that on somebody else. The way they market the team, the, more, the way they run the team, the you way You can they never be big enough team. or tough enough or strong enough or dumb enough. That right. should be their... Their team slogan. That should be the, the mascot's name, Dummy. <laughs> That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, it's the monologue you've all been waiting for. It's my look at Pickleball. 105.90X.